the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It is absolutely good to be here, especially since the weather outside is much, much, much warmer than it's been over the past few days, which is nice, to say the least. But uh, at any rate, I got a, a couple of different topics I wanted to talk about today. You know, it's, it's amazing how I've said for years now, nothing is as constant as change. That's the Bill Bullington f- version of some saying out there anyway. <laughs> but uh, nothing is as constant as change. And there's been a lot of change and a lot of good developments, I think, for investors, particularly given the, given the environment that we're in today, which is actually very good. I've got a uh, an article here by Brian Westbury. He's actually an economist. He's uh, been all over the... He's very popular. And he works for a company called First Trust. And so he put out some really good news. And I'm going to read through some of that at the on the second segment of today's show. So stay tuned for that. Very, very good. Op, super optimistic. And this guy's been really good. He's been one of the better, uh, more highly rated economists by Barron's. And he's gotten a lot of accolades from a lot of other professional publications and a very entertaining speaker too. You'll, you'll see him on CNBC occasionally in uh, 2020 and that sort of thing. So I just thought it would be good to bring in some good news there and uh, kind of alleviate some people's fears. I, you know, it's unbelievable to me anyway, how many people call in who think this is the end of the world. This is it. This is the big one. Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. <laughs> Here we come. So, uh, really? Okay, so if you're that convinced, then what are you worried about? <laughs> I mean, why would you worry? <laughs> it, if it's going to happen, it's happening. And uh, now, my uh, stan- stance on that is, well, maybe we better prepare just in case it's not the end of the world. <laughs> What happens if the world continues to exist at least for another hundred years or so? By the way, looks like we'll be colonizing Mars pretty soon. <laughs> did you see those pictures? That they, uh, hey, Josh, did you look at the uh, uh, stuff online last night? Yeah, so Josh is in here. Yeah, it is unbelievable. You know, Mars looks like a part of the desert in California. You know, it is, it's pretty mind-boggling. 
So they're sending those pictures back. And, you know, the big thing is all over. You can go all over YouTube and find some of this stuff. But, you know, I, I really believe we're we're probably going to somewhere in the next 20 to, to 40 years, we'll probably be inhabiting other planets. That, that'll be pretty cool. I think. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to volunteer to be one of the first ones there. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'll leave that to the younger people. But anyway, in the meantime, to make sure our money doesn't run out between now and then, um, you might want to look at a couple different things. Something I, you know, I never really thought I'd ever be talking about annuities again. Um, for a long time there, you know, the, the expense ratios on those went really high. I mean, really high. And when you could get a five or 6% CD, I, I don't, I never understood why people would pay, you know, three or 4% a year. Cause that was the uh, total average expenses on a lot of the products back in those days to try to, uh, to try to beat that. Cause that would mean that you'd actually have to do like better than nine or 10 after all fees and expenses. And that's the long-term average of the stock market. So you would actually have to do better than the long-term average of the stock market to, to actually beat a, a interest rate that you could get guaranteed. So that was, that was in those days, by the way. And I know, don't call me on that because I'm going to tell you that was a long time ago. I know a lot of people are going to come in and go, Hey, where, where are those five or 6% CDs you were talking about? Uh, that would be 2000 and I think 2006, maybe I think CD rates may have gotten back up to around 5% around then. Anyway, long time ago, chances of them coming back anytime real soon, not real great. You know, when you look at the amount of debt that we've added up uh, and that we continue to, to pile on, by the way, nothing to get excited about, no matter what the news says, the people that are reporting that weren't alive to even read back to what happened in 1945 when the debt to GDP ratio was exactly where, well, it was super close to where it is now. It was super close to where it is now, meaning they had to sell, the government had to go deep in debt to go into World War II. Oh, and by the way, it happened at a perfect time. It happened during this time that most people refer to as the Depression <laughs> So not only are are we borrowing money, we're borrowing more than the country has ever borrowed ever in its existence at a time when we could afford to do it the least. But you know what? They did it anyway. You know why they did it? Because we had to. And um, by the way, we, I'm, we don't have to go to war for that kind of stuff to happen. Uh, it's not that necessary, but the actions to correct a, an economic um, malady are, are the same. You do the same sorts of things. You start to bring interest rates down. You keep interest rates low. You uh, try to encourage people to go into businesses. The, the government starts granting money. Tennessee Valley Authority. People thought we were a turning communist. You know, that, that's what you used to hear. These people are turning communist. They actually started trying people for being you know, communist and <laughs> trying to put them in jail. And, you know, this is where my... Uh, uh, my 58 year old mind is starting to go on me because I can't remember who they were. <laughs> I wasn't around during that time period. So I do have a little bit of an excuse. However, just, just to make a long story short, we've been here before. This is not the, this is not our first rodeo. Now it may be yours and maybe you just didn't have cable back in 
the you know the time periods that, that this sort of stuff was happening before because they, quite frankly most cable didn't exist back then but we've been through these same sets of circumstances multiple times and I'm going to tell you what happened you had inflation you had interest rates that actually went up although the interest rates didn't go up while we had oh yeah, actually they they did they interest rates went to like between 4 and 6% while we were tackling all that debt and we also paid to rebuild an awful lot of Europe. We never got a lot of that money back. We paid for Japan to come back, and then they came back and improved all the products that, that we'd been buying from our own companies and started selling them here in the United States. And, boy, uh, Japan really rebounded well after losing the war. Think about that for a second. They lost the war. <laughs> and uh, look... Look how far they've come since then. So I guess my whole, uh, I guess I should start playing that uh, one song uh, during my show. And I don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Because realistically, this is not as bad as other situations have been. It's not even remotely close. Is it worrisome? If so, if you're above the age of 60, yeah, you should probably be worried because a little bit, but there are solutions. And that's kind of what I was talking about. Uh, I'm looking at how to generate more than 1% income because, you know, you got to get take a corporate bond and have risk to generate 1% on your money. These things called fixed index annuities, which I wouldn't have touched with a 10-foot pole, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, now I'm looking at them and going, wow, they're actually very competitive, extremely competitive. Here, I'm looking at one right now. And you, by the way, if you hear of anything you want to hear more of, uh, feel free to go to my website, reach out there. When you... Go to the contact us form, fill out what you want to know. Don't leave that blank because, you know, if it comes back blank, I don't know what to send you. Okay, so uh, if you want to know more about this, what I'm going to talk about right now, and this is just one of the fi- fixed index annuities that are available. There are lots of them out there from various companies. I just happen to like uh, Nationwide a lot, and I know a lot of people don't. Uh, actually, Insurance companies have uh, people that really like them and people that just can't stand them because it depends on what kind of experience they've ever had with that company. And oftentimes, you know, you just you deal with enough people, somebody's going to get upset. That's just the bottom line. So anyway, there are others that are similar to this. And uh, if you want more information on this, I'll be glad to send you a link so that you can go in and play with this yourself. I put in a 65-year-old who's going to start taking income next year. Because you have to wait a year on these. Puts in a hundred thousand, and twelve months from now he's going to start getting five thousand seven hundred seventy-nine dollars a year for the rest of his his or her lives, and uh, that's pretty good. That's actually really good when you consider at less than one percent. One percent on a hundred thousand is a thousand bucks, a thousand dollars. Okay. This one's going to pay you $5,779. Now, it's not a CD. You can't, they're not going to pay you $5,779 and you get all your money back in addition to all that interest. That's actually not how it works. And that's one of the things I really want to spend a lot of time on, on this program going forward. These options, most people are probably going to have to use them or should be using them for some portion of their money. Notice I didn't say all of your money. And and there are some situations where, yeah, that would actually make perfect sense. But you don't want to run out and buy this just from what you've heard here today. I I promise you, you don't want to do that. You want to sit down and talk to somebody, whether it's me or somebody that you know that's in this business. 
uh, has been in it for quite a while. It is going to explain all the options that you have. And you need to get really familiar with that. Okay, And, and it's not easy. These are extremely complicated. And this is, uh, I'm going to try to keep it as easy as I can. Uh, 65-year-old puts in 100000 Next year, uh, one year from now, can pull out $5,779 a year. That'll be guaranteed for the rest of the life. Now, it is going to be invested, and they give you choices of how to make those investments. Those uh, uh, investment choices can be changed once every three years. Um, but here's my, my thoughts on the investment options. I don't think that they're going to outperform the actual guarantees. That, that's my personal opinion. Now, they could. They could outperform that. If they were to outperform that, then your income would go up. Okay, so there's a chance that your income could go up. I personally, I just don't think it's that likely because I think this income is so high that it would have a a very difficult time outperforming what they're going to offer based on the performance of the underlying funds that are available in the product. So, you know, that being said, it's not like the 5,779. That is not interest. Okay, that's a payout percentage. That means a portion of that's going to be your principal. Insurance company is taking the risk that they can pay out $5,779 a year for as long as you live, even if it runs out of money. Even if that, even if those investments run out of money, they'll continue to pay that. Now, that's what makes it pretty unique and I think very useful for an awful lot of people today. Because today, you're going to get less than 1%. And if you spent $5,779 a year on less than 1%, it lasts you about 22 years, and then you would be done. And each year you're spending a chunk of your principal. And at current interest rates, that's guaranteed too. You're going to be spending a chunk of your principal to keep up with that. So this one lets you rest a little bit easier, hopefully. The guarantee is only as good as the underlying insurance company. But all other things being equal, you know, if you lived until you were 105, then they would continue to pay. Uh, Here's another thing that I think is unique about this particular one. And a lot of them, a lot of products out there have uh, offerings similar to this. So you might want to, if you're talking to your own advisor, make sure if you're talking about these things that you want to ask what happens to the balance of the funds if something happens to me. Uh, what happens to the balance of the funds if something happens to me? Now, in this case, it would go to your beneficiaries, whatever it is. If you had started taking out income, they would subtract the income from the amount that you originally invested, and they would pay that. Now, that's only on this product. I don't know about a lot of the other products. I Actually, I do know about a lot of the other products, and they don't offer this. So some do, some don't. You've got to check on that. This is the, uh, the annuity world. One of the reasons that people don't like it is that there are an enormous number of options available and they're all complicated. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible. So if you started, let's say I was 67, I started, I put 100000 in, I took out 6000 I took out $9,000 and then I passed away. Well, the worst that my uh, family would inherit would be the 100000 I started with minus the 9000 Now, that's the worst case. If I had put that $100,000 in the S&P 500 or a stock mutual fund, 
took out $9,000 and then you had a year uh, or a, a time period like 2007 through 2009 where it dropped 57%. Okay, so I started with 100000 I took out 5000 I'm at 95000 Now take half of 95000 What's that? 45000 of 9000 So I'm down to fifty grand. And I look at my account and I have a heart attack. And you know what my family's going to get? They're going to get 50000 You know, they get here, the 100000 minus the amount you took out. So that's unique. That's unique to these types of products. And uh, for that, there are um, things that you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up. It's not like a, a, a liquid CD where you could just uh, wait till it you know, gets out of its penalty period and, t- and take the money and run. You can't do that with these. These are long-term commitments. So you have to know that. But I think in today's environment, I think it makes a lot of sense to take a really hard look at that. Uh, a little bit later in today's show, we're going to talk about a product that does allow you to invest in mutual funds. It's also an annuity. It's a different type of annuity. It has a smaller guarantee because it does not uh, penalize you if you wanted to take the whole thing out. You Whatever it's worth, you would get to take it out. We'll talk about that in a little bit later uh, in today's show. But I think between these two products, you can actually put together a real... Uh, that's pretty funny. There comes the music. Anyway, i got to take a real quick commercial break. <laughs> this is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. This is a new And we're back. Yes, this is a new day. It's a new time. There are new options we need to explore financially. <laughs> yeah, that was Danny Goki. Uh, did he win the uh, American Idol or well, he was just a contestant? You know, he was a finalist. Yeah, yeah. That guy's got a great voice. Yeah. They can look him up on YouTube. Uh, it's Goki Gate, G O K E Y. Anyway, so we were talking a little bit about the uh, fixed index annuities, and I think under current conditions and the conditions going forward, I think they make a lot of sense, a lot more sense than they have in an incredibly long time period. They're not the same as indexed annuities. In fact, there are so many different types of annuities. It's, it's mind-boggling. So you really got to be careful um, that when you're talking to somebody, uh, see, I'm, I'm actually a fiduciary. Uh, I can't just sell a product, and those do pay commissions, incidentally, the uh, uh, some of them do. The other one I'm going to talk about doesn't pay a, condi- a commission. Um, the uh, um, But my point to this whole thing is they're very complicated. You need to sit down with somebody who's going to ask you questions like, what are you trying to do? How much income do you need? What kind of inflation protection do you have built into your retirement income plan, your retirement income strategy? And those are important. You know, inflation, I like to call the silent thief. It sneaks up on you. And it makes the money that you have less valuable. That's one of the one of the downsides to a fixed product is that it's fixed. And I can tell you that prices are not going to remain fixed. Prices are probably going to go up over time. So you need to have stuff that's going to hopefully appreciate and hopefully in the long run will keep up with inflation. 
Now, how much you have in each category, that depends on you, how much risk you want to take. So we'll be, uh, we'll be revisiting these topics really frequently. And just to kind of uh, close up on the first one, fixed indexed is a, a product that's really designed to generate a certain amount of income. They give you the opportunity to invest in several different indexes. Uh, and if the index actually does better than the guarantee, then you get the higher of the two. Okay. So that's how that works. Most of the material I've seen that I saw early on, I, I, I think they've actually gotten better. They've stopped, you know, sensationalizing this stuff. But most of the material at, at first was, look, you know, it's whatever the stock market makes or this amount. Actually, it was just whatever the stock market makes and it'll never go down. They didn't have a fixed rate of return on it at all. It was just a participation percentage of whatever the S&P 500 did. So I don't know this is really boring for a lot of people. So I'm going to try to drop this off right here. If you want to know more about that, you know, please just send me an email. Or you can call my office, 330-664-0700. You can get a copy of this um, as a podcast on my website. That's BullingtonCapital.com. And you can go there to reach out to us that way as well. It's BullingtonCapital.com. And believe me, we're not going to call anybody that doesn't want to be called. I have a hard enough time getting a hold of people that want to talk to me. (laughs) That is the... uh, Man, I, I had no idea that I'd ever get to that point. But yes, I do. I have a hard time getting a hold of people that that have requested to talk to me. Actually, clients are hard to get a hold of, <laughs> especially during tax time. But anyway, so feel free to, uh, to write in on that. And now I'm going to start to talk a little bit about the investment-only annuity. This is a relatively new product. Uh, there was a company that started this, uh, oh, I don't know, it's probably 15 years ago, but it did not catch on for an incredibly long time period. And then uh, I thought it was a good idea. It was just for tax deferred income, or I'm sorry, tax deferred investing. Just tax deferral. You know, used to have non-deductible IRAs that were pretty popular because they were tax deferred. Uh, If you didn't qualify for the tax deduction, you didn't get it. They were limited to whatever you could put into a regular IRA. So this one works just like a lot like the non-deductible IRAs used to with no limit on how much you can contribute. Now again, a lot of annuity products used to have some pretty high expense ratios. These have very low expense ratios. They don't have a sales charge going in. They don't have a sales charge going out. So you can take the money out anytime you want. Now, if you're under the age of 59 and a half and you've made money, Let's say you bought the Fidelity Growth Fund, which is one of the funds that's available in there, or you bought the the Vanguard International XUS Fund. It's a uh, it's made some money over the past, especially over the past two years. But if you were invested in those and you decided, hey, I think I'm going to cash some of that money in. Well, if you're not 59 and a half, and these are designed as retirement vehicles, uh, not just tax deferred vehicles that you just get to avoid taxes on. They're really designed to help people save for retirement. So if you're below the age of 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay taxes on your gains and you're going to have to pay a 10% penalty tax because you took it out before 59 and a half. If you wait to 59 and a half, and there is a way of escaping that. Let's say you're 50 and you've got enough money to retire and you just want to take a monthly income from it. Well, then you can avoid the penalty tax. So again, 
Don't you just love complexity? <laughs> just make it really go. That, that's most of the people that are in um, uh, accounting <laughs> and also who are congressmen. And I think a, a large portion of the uh, congressmen were lawyers who used to be paid by the word. <laughs> so the more word, the more complicated they make it, the better they off they are. And uh, I just cry sometimes. <laughs> I see these documents I have to read. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. The, uh, fortunately, I have contacts at most of the major companies, and I call and I get a lot of help. That's one of the benefits of being in this business. I get a lot of help that average person's just never going to get. Uh, why? Because they don't do this for a living. That's why. So anyway, the investment only annuity, I forget how many product or funds there are. It's like 350 or something like that. It's mind boggling. And there are a ton of funds in there that they put in there because they knew the public would like it, but may not be in the public's best interest. Like these double bull funds, those are things that are buying options on things, not actually investing in the stock market. Uh, And then they have these double bear. That's a bet that the market's going to go down. Uh, I don't know why they would put that inside of a tax deferred thing, because if you looked at the options that trade in those categories, 97% of them uh, expire worthless. Why would you want to tax defer your losses? <laughs> You'd want to take those losses right away. So that doesn't make sense. And I know that what they were doing was they were trying to please everybody. They wanted the wild cards in there because if they hit one of those right, okay, you got a three times bullish uh, S&P 500 option in there. It means it goes up three times as much as the S&P goes up when it goes up and you bought it in March and then decided to liquidate recently. You've made a ton of dough and they're putting that option in there. I don't, that's actually gambling. It, that it is the definition of gambling. Now, the guys that are taking the other side of your transaction are the guys that are hedging, by the way. There, there are two types of investor there. They call them speculators, which is synonymous with gamblers. And there are the hedgers, the people that have big portfolios and just want to take out some insurance on it. So they'll sell you the right to either buy or sell what they're holding or holding or selling short. And I know I've probably just lost about everybody in the uh, audience, but bottom line is there are a ton of options there. Many of them, which are extremely good. They're institutional, which means a lot of their expense ratios are significantly lower. They, the cost of the product itself is incredibly low. There's no insurance unless you add it to it. And the additions, the insurance that you can add on, like the income rider that we're getting ready to talk about, is only half a percent. So that's pretty good. When you add everything else when you add it all up together, it's typically significantly less than your average variable annuity, significantly less. So, and it depends on the, the product and, and they have a service there that through Wellington Capital, if you want to compare one that you have to one of theirs, they'll do it for you. They've got the databases that can go in and, and run an illustration, show you how much Yours is costing and show you how much it might cost to do a, an exchange. You're, you're allowed to exchange your uh, annuities, especially the variable annuities. A lot of people do that quite often. You can do fixed annuities too. It's not as popular, but uh, when you have a variable annuity that's got a 4 or 5% total expense ratio, that's hard to make money. It's really hard to make money. 
something like this is going to be significantly lower. Don't really know what it is until you decide what you're going to do with the money. But it allows you to accumulate a lot of cash without having to worry about 1099s. Wouldn't that be nice? Not going to get a 1099. You rebalance your portfolio. Let's say you went all from large cap growth to small mid cap and you caught it. You were, you were the one. You were the lucky one. You caught it right when they started changing leadership. And so you've got all these gains now. And now you've decided, I think I'll go back to a more diversified. Well, you know what? None of that gets reported until you start taking the money out. How cool is that? So if you don't need the money, you get to defer those taxes. And that that money that you would have sent to Uncle Sam gets to stay in that account and continue to earn you more money or at least give you the uh, opportunity to earn more money. So I think I'm going to probably... Oh, no, I, have, I, I, I take it back. I've got one last item to cover on that. So this is an investment-only annuity. It doesn't have the um, guarantee to the principal, you know, that, that it doesn't have the guarantee that you'll get, your family will get back whatever you've invested into the product because they're mutual funds and they, they are not charging for that. What you can add to this is an income guarantee. It's a rider. That's what they call a rider. It's a... Um, like adding an insurance policy. In this case, it's 4%. It's 4%. You know, a lot, a lot of people are like, that's only 4%. Well, you know what? You have complete freedom to go in and out. If you don't want the complete freedom to go in and out, if you want to get charged a commission or a uh, contingent deferred sales charge that you're willing to put up with, you can get a higher rate. But if you're able to take the money out quickly, that costs the insurance company money. So they're not going to pay quite as much. But 4% is pretty good. And here's where it gets really good, really interesting, is each year on the anniversary date, let's say you started it, I don't know, September 1st. So every September 1st, they're going to take a look at the value. If the value is higher than where you started from, the new guarantee is 4% of that number. Now, that's for an individual. But 4% of that number. So if it goes up 50%, guess what? You're going to, they're going to guarantee 4% on a number that's 50% higher. Uh, if it goes down 50%, they're going to go back to the original amount and say, okay, we'll still guarantee you 4% on that number. No matter what, we're going to pay out 4% for as long as you live on the highest value it ever reached on your anniversary date. That's really cool. Because remember, I, I started the show talking about inflation. Inflation's going to be here. You'd probably need some money in, in stocks to be able to keep up with inflation because 1% is not cutting it. But in this case, you know, it, and this is the, the, um, the issue that a lot of people have with trying to invest in stocks is they're really volatile. Uh, they, they, in other words, they fluctuate quite a bit and they do. So if you've got this, basically this writer that guarantees, well, all right, if you started with a hundred thousand, we'll give you 4,000 a year. You put a hundred thousand in a CD at the bank, you're going to get less than a thousand a year. I don't know. The, uh, and by the way, the CD rate, it may go up with current interest rates. Not like I'm a current economic environment, not likely. But if it did, great. You'd, you'd actually get an increase somewhere along the line. This one, if the stock market goes up, the income goes up too. And it never goes down, uh, at least as long as Nationwide's here to, to make good on those payments. And or the, the other insurance companies, because I'm sure everybody's going to roll this out now that, you know, these guys fired the, this shot. Um, so that that's going to be coming <laughs> coming to a, a story near you. And, and I've already seen a lot of them that do have 
uh, slightly higher, like four and a half percent rates. But I'm going to tell you, they're they're not as inexpensive as this one, at least none of the ones that I've looked at so far. So they've been charging a higher rate internally so that the chances of you outperforming 4% net of fees, not very good, in my opinion. So this is one of the lowest costs in the country. It may be the lowest cost. I know it was for a while. I don't know if that's still true, but one of the lowest costs in the country gives you a huge choice of funds and puts a floor in it for you if you want it. You can remove that, by the way. If you if your account value went up so much so that you said, you know what, I don't really need to pay that extra half a percent anymore. I, you know, I'm going to make a lot more than 4% and you're willing to take that risk. No problem. Take it right off. I, I call it the Gumby annuity. It's, uh, it's not just flexible. It's like Gumby. <laughs> you can actually tailor this one to suit your own needs. Uh, between these two... I think you're cooking with gas. You've got access to some of the world's best money management firms. You've got tax deferral. Uh, you get to decide whether you want the lower, uh, slightly lower rate of return, which is still good in today's market, which gives you more flexibility, or whether you'd rather lock in the higher rate of return. And uh, I'll be glad to try to explain that to you, uh, best of my ability. So feel free to... Again, you can reach out, bullingtoncapital.com, and uh, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. And I think these are really, this has made, it's actually made my life a lot more interesting because you've got a lot more guarantees to consider in an environment where I can, I can, I'll can i make, make another guarantee. This is a Bill Bullington guarantee. The stock market's going to be volatile. <laughs> That's a Bill Bullington guarantee. Here's another thing I can guarantee. Inflation is coming. <laughs> so we, you've, you've got to be prepared for that. And I think one of the uh, weaker things that you can do right now is have a normal portfolio that doesn't have some of these items in it because there's no protection there. Now you have, a, you have stocks or stock mutual funds. There's nothing there to guarantee any sort of an income, uh, no principal guarantees. It's just whatever it is. It, and that's fine. I have a lot of my money invested that way too. But I think these are a, a really viable option for anybody that wants to take a look at it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all a lot of its personality. And when I come back, I'm going to be talking about individual stocks and I'm going to be talking about the economy and where you might see a whole lot of growth. So stay tuned for that segment. This is Bill Bullington right here in 1420. Be right back. Time to leave. Come on, 
and we're back. Like it or not. <laughs> well, I, I'm assuming that if you didn't like it, you wouldn't be hearing me coming back to begin with. So everybody here most like me. <laughs> uh, so I got a, uh, some really nice material from First Trust. This guy's name is Brian Westbury. You should look him up. Um, he does a really good job. He's very practical. He's a, uh, a PhD economist. He's been around. Uh, it, just, I, just Google Brian Westbury. Very, very impressive. And I really like the way that he writes. In fact, I thought I would read one of his latest letters that he sends out to people like me. And uh, um, because I just thought it was a, just a really good piece. So anyway, he starts, uh, starts off by saying things are looking up for the U.S. economy. Later this week, we'll get an update on real GDP growth for the fourth quarter of 2020. We estimate that it will be revised up to a 4.3 annual rate of growth from a prior estimate of 4.0. Meanwhile, 2021 got off to a roaring start. Retail sales soared 5.3% in January and are now up 7.4% from a year ago. That's pre-COVID. Did you hear that? That's pre-COVID. The sales are up 7.4% before the virus outbreak. That's mind-boggling. Anyway, all major categories of sales rose in January. You know, sometimes I, I got to stop for a minute. Sometimes I'm just so tempted to say, see? <laughs> but I would never do that because that's not, that's classless. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope you understand my sense of humor, but oh well. Anyway, <laughs> all major categories of sales rose in January, reflecting stimulus spending improved in late December and less onerous lockdowns of business. Onerous, I'm sorry. But it wasn't just the demand side of the economy picking up in January. Industrial production increased 0.9%, which is huge for that, and was revised up for prior months. More importantly, the gain in, in industrial production was led by manufacturing, including the auto sector, which is what we think of as a core industrial production. It increased 1.1% in January. That measure of production has now increased nine months in a row. Sweet. Other positive news on the manufacturing front was an increase in the Empire State Index to 12.1 from 3.5 and the Philadelphia Fed Index coming in at a very robust 23.1. It's good to see the Northeastern U.S. continue its revival. By the way, those indexes, I'll actually have to go back and look up what those are. <laughs> and he continues by saying, it's true that housing starts declined in January and fell short of consensus expectations. But those figures are volatile from month to month. And a better, a better measure of how much residential construction is happening every month is the total number of homes under construction, which increased 0.6%. 0.6 might not mean a lot to much, you know, to many people, but in a country with 330 million, that's a lot. Anyway, putting this all together, we're now estimating that the real GDP, that means they're adjusting it for inflation, will rise at about a 6% annual rate in the first quarter and about 5% uh, quarter four versus last year's quarter four in 2021. Yes, we know that Atlanta's Fed GDP now model projects a 9.5% growth rate for Q1, but that, model, but that model has been overestimating growth since the recovery started and doesn't factor in the, pol the, the polar vortex that has wreaked havoc through much of the midsection of the country in February. Either way, it's not clear that there's virtually zero risk of a double-dip recession. In fact, 
A new $1.9 trillion stimulus bill is winding its way through the legislative process. It's like using a use, I'm sorry, it's like using a credit card to push spending above your current income level. This massive package includes a further extension of unemployment benefits, direct help for households and businesses, more money for vaccinations, $350 billion for state and local governments, and $170 billion for education. Much of this spending is for 2022. I'm sorry, 2020, yeah, and beyond, which we would argue has nothing to do with the pandemic. That's funny. In fact, our estimates suggest that the U.S. will reach herd immunity by April, allowing organic growth to accelerate. Budget scorekeepers on Capitol Hill estimate the current proposal, which has the blessing of the White House, will increase the budget deficit by $1.2 trillion this fiscal year, which ends in September, and an additional $700 billion in future years, mostly 2022. This bill would drive the annual budget deficit to roughly $3.5 trillion for fiscal year 2021, a new record high. By the way, it's not that much higher than the old record, so anyway... And roughly a third of this will be financed by the Federal Reserve bond purchases. All the money printing and extra spending will boost demand, which is a recipe for higher inflation. Voila, what were we just talking about? Uh, Consumer prices are up 1.4% from a year ago, but that should rise to 2.5% by year end. I'd go even higher than that, but the moratorium on evictions has the government's measure of housing prices, which focuses on rents, not actual prices, artificially low right now. Let me tell you something else that uh, the other thing that's artificially low is the real inflation rate. Ask anybody that's been to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't count food, by the way, nor gas prices because they're too volatile. Really? The, uh, so we don't have to eat when they go up? Uh, anyway, I've never agreed with that. We've argued that the stimulus spending that offsets damage from shutdowns can be viewed as just compensation for a taking, but we're beyond that now. The pandemic is winding down and economic activity is being boosted by both reopening and stimulus. What is really happening today is that we are overstimulating the economy. While this is great for earnings and equity markets in the near term, it has long-term risks. The risks are inflation. So this is one of the reasons that it, this is a really... Uh, scary time, I think, for an awful lot of people. The fixed index products are great. You would not want to have all of your money in there. Minimally, I would say you would keep minimally, as a minimum, 25% of your money into diversified stock funds. Uh, Stocks are going to be extremely volatile. They always have been, never have not been. When you get into a higher inflationary environment, the volatility level picks up generally pretty significantly. So I'm not sure how much you want to have in there. That's why that investment only product that I was just talking about, I think is very important because it gives you kind of a floor for an income level, not the asset that does not insure the assets. In fact, um, the only way that you can get insurance on assets are the, the purely fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities. And those you have to read the fine print to figure out exactly what those guarantees are. So I try to tell you, I, I try to go through it here and again, any of this stuff, feel free to give me a call to talk about it because it, it's important. It's, it's really, this time period is tough. Inflation right now is pretty low. They've printed up a bunch of money over the past couple of years. And they're probably going to continue to do that for a while, at least until we get through this pandemic. That ultimately has an inflationary effect. Inflation takes a while to work its way through the economy 
It takes a while for work it, to work its way through the publicly traded companies out there. Uh, they start feeling the effects of inflation and their costs go up. They have to raise prices. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a tough cycle. It can cause share prices to go wildly, uh, to, to gyrate wildly, not make a whole lot of progress while it's trying to settle down. Uh, inevitably, eventually, companies will raise their, their prices enough to cover their increase in costs plus protect their profit margin. And that's why stocks have a tendency to do better in the long run. In the long run. Over a two or three year time period, if you think you can predict the stock market, I would like to take you up on that. Uh, just uh, send me your prediction. Anybody that, that gets it right in two or three years, I'll give you a $50 Starbucks card because I know somebody out there, if enough people hear this, they're going to get lucky and guess it. <laughs> but it will be luck. And there's a very high likelihood that nobody actually guesses that. that that's part of the part of the, that's really difficult about investing. You have to look out for a very long time period. When you're looking out over less than five years, you're making a mistake. You're just making a mistake. And five years is really not that long in stock market years. Stock market years are kind of the opposite of dog years. You know, one year in a dog's life is like seven years in a human's life. Well, seven years in the stock market's life is what most people would expect to happen in one year <laughs> in their life. You may end up right back where you started. You may end up negative after seven years. That's happened twice in my career. Actually, it's happened three times in my lifetime. Think about that for a second. Ten-year periods with negative returns, there have been three of them in my lifetime. And that's a little spooky if you're getting up close to retirement. That's why these other products, you might want to start taking a look at them. A good source of guaranteed income as a base. That would be a nice place to start. And you build from there. What are we going to do for inflation for the future? And on next week's show, by the way, I'm going to talk about how to know how much you need to have invested to be able to uh, maintain your lifestyle into retirement. Uh, not everybody's going to make it, by the way. And I don't really see that as a hugely bad thing, I think. Uh, but the quicker you get a handle on it, uh, the more you can do about it. Now that I hear the music, that means my show is actually over. You've been listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 noon. You can go to my website to learn more about me, BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.